Turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 23. Proverbs chapter 23, starting at verse 6. It says, Do not eat the bread of a selfish man, or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is not with you. You will vomit the morsel that you have eaten and wasted your compliments. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for, again, for your word. It's been mentioned over and over this morning already. Just the revealed will that you have have given us. And you have not left us in a sea to just be tossed here and there. But you've given us guidance and direction and purpose of life. And we thank you so much for that. You are so kind and gracious to us. I pray your grace upon our time today. And as we look into your word, may we apply these things as we glean these things that are important for our lives. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, God has designed this earth, this physical earth, his creation, to be shared. We really can put in just a little bit of effort and, and get a lot out. I mean, you, you can plant a garden with just a few seeds when you just think about it or or even a tree an apple tree you plant an apple seed and you get a whole tree of apples and and you get more more apples than you really can eat than one person can eat and so there's a very good return on our effort on this earth and that's a wonderful thing. It's amazing to me that the Lord has, has made it that way. And we can mine coal. One man can go into the side of the hill, bring out enough coal for himself and for other people as, as well, other people around him. Also, God has made us gregarious people. He's made us to, to live in groups, neighborhoods. And families and, and generations from one generation to the next generation. And we're created to depend on one another. To, to be others centered. We're created that way. We, we depend on some farmer that grows crops. We depend on the miners who bring the coal out of the mines. We uh, depend on bankers. We depend on firemen. The Lord has gifted us in different ways. He's given us wisdom and, and abilities and talents to be able to do different things so that we can depend upon each other. Even in the church, right? He's given us spiritual gifts. He's given us different uh, abilities and skills to share for the benefit of others, for the benefit of the whole um, talents. So that we can minister to one another. So that we can encourage one another and build each other up. He has not given us, He has not gifted us with our money and talents and abilities to serve Satan. Right? Or to serve self. But sometimes I think we get that in our mind. He's just gifted me and I can just keep it all myself. And just we, we just are self-serving. We are gifted to glorify Him. And we need to keep that in mind. But I think the problem comes... From the sinful heart, it always traces back to the heart. We have a, a heart that, it's a consuming heart. It wants, and wants, and wants, and it, and it seems to never be filled. And by nature, we are selfish people. And so we hoard. 
We gather up for ourselves. We never seems to be satisfied. Or the other extreme, we, we're just lazy. The heart can also be lazy and irresponsible. And so what we have to do is we have to teach our children. We have to train them. Even the unsaved recognize we need to teach our children to share. They don't naturally do that. They want it themselves. We have to teach them to share. And so parents have to teach their children to share. Because of that heart, that sinful heart, we need a new heart, don't we? We've been saying this week after week. A new heart. Uh, A new focus, a new purpose, a new drive, a new direction in our life. And, And God has to produce that within us. And Because we can very easily become selfish people. And David, and I love his plea here in Psalm chapter 51 and verse 10, he says, create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. We as believers are to cultivate this new heart that God has created in us and and we're to sacrifice and we're to give and we're to share with others and to be others oriented and others focused. But our sinful hearts again, is the problem. It tends to turn in on itself and to be self-focused. Even our good deeds that we do for others, many times they do. we do them for self-gratification or self-glorification. And many times we don't even recognize that we're doing it. We're even selfish in our giving many times. And we're not aware of that. And that even takes the problem down to a deeper level. And that makes the problem worse because we can't even see it. Selfishness is an SDS, a self-deceiving sin. Self-deceiving sin. We don't even see when we're selfish. The miser doesn't realize that he's a miser. He doesn't see himself as being selfish. He's just practical. He's just facing facts, facing reality. That's just the way things are. But folks, we need to, as God's children, we need to look at the objective standard of God's Word. We need to compare ourselves to Scripture. Are we lining up with Scripture? And we've been looking at the heart, and we've been looking at heart issues, because sometimes that's really hard for us to do, and we have to compare ourselves with what God has said. And then we cry out to God, like David said, Create in me a clean heart, O Lord. Now, in this text here, we see a warning. Solomon's giving his son a warning, uh, again, about the condition of a heart. And and he gives us this warning about selfishness. And I want to bring that to our attention. This is not a typical proverb, though. Uh, It's it's not the the pithy little statement that we're used to. This is teaching, a, a dialogue, a didactic, actually, And you have uh, three little stages. Each verse, verse 6, 7, and 8, has its own little section here. You have the the command, and it's kind of a strange command. It's an imperative, but it's it's a little different. And then you have an illustration, which is this little strange story here, or or a sad story. Hypocritical heart is what it, it really is. And then you have the result of this, the outcome. It's an unpredicted outcome. Something you didn't see coming and, you, and it catches our attention. But here's the point. Here's what we need to know. The principle is that selfishness does not reflect the heart of the child of God whose heart has been bent toward righteousness or selflessness. Not selfishness, but selflessness. 
And you say, then what is selfishness? We need to get to the bottom line. What is selfishness? If we can't recognize it within ourselves, how do we know? How do I know if I'm selfish? And what is the biblical standard for selfishness? We see that in this passage. We see the three sections here. And I want to just move through this passage. And, and I think we can glean some things that will help us in our own life, in our own heart, for, toward selfishness. There's three sections here. Warning, illustration, and then we have the results. Look at the verses here. Verse 6, we see a, a warning here. It says, Do not eat the bread of the selfish man. Or desire his delicacies. Now there's two parts to this command. And it's an imperative. Like I said, it is a command. And it's a warning. But it's not the same kind of warning that we've seen in the past. This is, this is coming by way of, of a command to us. A red flag. And it causes us to really to examine our own heart first. Because he's going to paint this picture for us. He's going to point us to someone else. But he's really kind of talking about us as well. And we have to we have to examine ourselves. This is kind of an indirect examination. We're going to look at this guy, and in turn, we're going to be able to examine ourselves and to see what's going on in our own life. And he says, now don't eat the bread of a selfish man. Now the bread belongs to the selfish man, and he's going to give it to you. He's going to make you think that he is a gracious man. Social graces, and, and he's going to say, eat and drink and and. But he's a selfish man. He's a selfish man. That's what it says. And the word selfish there is a really interesting word. It's a combination of selfish and man. The word is an I. Just, it literally means the, the I. And it comes from one source. Everything comes from one source. It's the way he sees everything. And it's from, from one perspective. And he's got a single mind. And that one single mind seems to be money. Seems to be money. So he's a, a greedy man, a miser. He is one that's stockpiling. Jesus would say he's laying up for himself treasures here on earth. Now this is a man who has become rich by hoarding and without giving anything to the poor and, the, and to the needy. He's increased his wealth and, and he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't need anyone else and he has got it. He's got what he wants. He's got a singleness of mind, and that is that is money. Now, there's nothing wrong with wealth. Wealth is good. Wealth is an okay thing. But the problem is, is that that's where his treasure is, isn't it? His treasure is on his wealth. That's where his eye is. That's where his perspective comes from. Everything is from the perspective of, of money. That is the gauge of everything. And that's a wrong priority. And bottom line is he lacks trust in God. And we'll see that in a little bit. The other part to this command, though, it says this. He says, or desire his delicacies. So don't take his bread and sit down and, and eat a meal with him or even desire those delicacies. Don't even look at them to desire them. And that covetous heart, that that's the thing that leads us away, isn't it? It pulls us in the, in the direction toward this guy. We see his wealth. We see, oh, he's got it. And I want to be like that. And I want what he has. And he says, don't even play that game. Don't even go in, in that direction. And really, the question is, why? Why not eat this man? I mean, if he's going to offer bread to me, why can't I just eat bread with him and just walk away? 
because selfishness is catchy. It can be contagious. It's a disease of the heart and it can be caught. That's a problem. Because you begin to think like this man thinks. And it's a heart condition. And that heart condition is transferred by ideas. And you begin to think like he thinks. And your heart becomes like his heart. And you become a selfish person too. That's the idea here. So we need this. We need to be warned. He says, don't do this. Don't go down this direction. Don't even desire that. Don't even look that way. Now, that then raises a few more questions. We need to know a little bit more about selfishness. We need to know what does the Scripture says. So, I've got a, a few verses on the board that we need to go through. In Isaiah 56, verse 11, the selfish is called greedy dogs who never have enough. Now, that doesn't paint a very pretty picture. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2, he says, at, toward, this is the, in the end times, these are, there's going to be men who come that are lovers of self and lovers of money. They love that. That's their affection. That's where their direction and uh, their desires are. If you notice, there's a, another illustration in Matthew chapter 20. If you remember back, remember James and John and their mother came to Jesus, and what did she ask for? She said, hey, can my sons, both my sons, one sit on the right and one sit on the left when you come into your kingdom? That is the epitome of selfishness. I want this. This is what I want. Singleness of mind. Romans chapter 15, verse 1, a verse that was read for us earlier. He says, um, not to please self. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17. It's the ne- neglect of the poor. Paul said, I'm being poured out as a drink offering. It's just the opposite of what we should be. Just the opposite of what a, a true Christian is. Selfishness also, one, ele- one other element here is that it, it becomes then the basis, this selfish, greedy heart becomes the basis for many other sins. It becomes the basis for, for lust and for gluttony and for... Sinful desires and greed and covetousness. Now let's look at the opposite. You see another list of scriptures here. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, and Matthew chapter 22, we see selflessness. We are commanded in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, and Christ affirms this, that we are to love our neighbor as our what? As ourself. As ourself. Now, I want you to turn to this passage, Philippians chapter 2. Now, this becomes a a very crucial passage for us to understand. And selfishness can be a little vague and and a little... We don't know exactly how to to, uh, analyze this. And and so we need to to be clear about this. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, gives us a clearer picture. Here's what God wants... Not selfishness, but selflessness. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit. Skip down to verse 4. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also the interest of others. In fact, he goes on. Have this mind which is uh, in you, which is also in Christ. Have the same kind of attitude that Christ had, a selfless attitude. He gave up everything. 
Now, here's the picture in verse, uh, verse 3 and 4. It says, do not look merely at your own interest. Now, here's what we do. We have a focus. I've got to provide for my family. I've got to provide, uh, I've got to bring food into the home, to the house. And so we, with singleness of focus, and that's okay. But what happens is when we neglect everyone else, and the idea here is when you're going along, you make sure you're bringing other people with you. You'd think of the other, the, the interest of the other person as well. So when you're moving your family along and you're providing for your family, look at the other, your neighbor beside you and look at the neighbor on the other side. And you bring them along and you help them along. That's the idea. And Christ was the perfect example of that. He had it all. He had the glories of heaven, all the power of heaven. And he put it all aside. Now that's the idea, folks, is that we are to bring other people along, not just our own focus, but we share. We are to be selfless. Let me show you some other verses. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 24. He says, Let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. Those who live, and that's spiritual life, those who live should live no longer to themselves, but for Him. That is God. That is God. We are to sacrifice ourselves for God. We are to live for God, not ourselves. Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5 talks about the church and that we are members of one another. We are, we're united together. And we have differing gifts. There's one body. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 33. We're not seeking our own profit, but also the profit of others. And this is clear. This is clear teaching of Scripture. Even in the, the love passage, when Paul was teaching on what love is, he says, love is or does not, is not rude or does not seek its own. Now, that's pretty clear. Doesn't seek its own. We go forward, we have this drive to provide, but sometimes we go too far and we neglect other people. We forget about everyone else. We see two pictures then, the unbelieving selfish heart or the believing heart that has been bent toward other people now. And that's a pretty good picture. Let's just, let's just apply these things to our life. You see there's some application here. Number one... <clears throat> We need to see the disease of selfishness for what it really is. Selfishness, folks, is a deadly disease. It's a condition of the heart, and it's a, this little defect, and we're going to look at that more closely in just a little bit, but it's a little defect of the heart. But it's, the, it's a major difference. It's the matter of life and death. Now, if you are called into the doctor and the doctor has done an examination on you and he says, look, there's one problem. There's one little defect of the heart. There's one little issue and it could cause you to die. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? That's this thing. You can have a healthy body. Everything can look good on the outside, but you just have one defect in the heart. The heart may be functioning just fine, but there's one little problem, one little part of it. That's what selfishness is is just this disease of the heart in it and there's one little element of the heart that changes the motives of your life and changes everything changes everything if you are doing things for the glory of god but you do not have love or you have selfish motives and say it that way 
you have selfish motives, those, those works, those acts are going to be what? Burned up. It's wood, hay, and stubble. It's not gold. That's not precious stone. Those are going to be those are going to be burned up. And it comes down to the one thing. And that's the motive of the heart. One little defect of the heart. And that's the difference, folks, between life and death, spiritual life and spiritual death. Number two, don't let our covetous heart be drawn away into the schemes of man. He says there's a warning. If you go back to Proverbs, there's a warning there. There's a concern there. Don't be so vulnerable to be drawn away by other people. So that leads into number three there is watch over your desires. You're looking at other people and there's an envy there. There's a desire there. There's a, a wishfulness there. Man, I wish I had that. Folks, we have to be very careful that we be drawn in to the schemes of other men, of other people. So, we're beginning to see this understanding of selfishness. And we need to heed the warning. Number two, let's get an illustration here. Go back to the Proverbs passage, Proverbs 23. There's an illustration. I, we use illustrations to help teach. That helps us to understand things a little bit better. And that's exactly what the author's doing here. He's taking us in a little bit deeper, a little bit closer look. It's, it's kind of like putting the, the heart under an x-ray. And getting a closer look at this defect of the heart. And I want you to see this. This is a, a closer examination. And what we'll find is in the sad story is an exposed heart. Verse 7. And this is it. For as he thinks within himself, so he is. Now that's so important. As that person thinks within himself, that's the way he really is. That's the reality. The way he's thinking within himself, that's, that's who he is. Now I want you to see this. There's, there's a, just turn over a couple pages, chapter 26 and verse 24. It says this, and it gives us a little picture of what is going on inside the heart here. He who hates uh, disguises it with his lips. You hate, so he's got hatred in his heart, but he disguises that with his lips. Hatred disguised with his lips, but he lays up deceit in his heart. When he speaks graciously, do not believe him, for there is seven abominations in his heart. Though he, though his hatred covers him, covers itself with guile, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly. It's going to come out. What's in his heart is going to come out. But the real person is within the heart and, and there's deep things going on in there. There's, there's motives that we can't see. We can't see the heart. We don't know what's going on there. And so there's a warning here. There's a caution here because he says, for as he thinks within himself, that's the real person. He's got selfish motives. He is a selfish person. That's the idea. Now, here's the illustration. He says to you, eat and drink, but his heart is, is far from you. He appears to be gracious. He appears to have all of the social graces and, and he's giving these things to you. He's appearing to be hospitable and he's wanting something. He's wanting something of you. And that's the idea here. It says, but his heart is far from you. The reality is he is a hypocrite. The reality is he is not hospitable. 
He's wanting something from you. And and that's the true person. That's what's going on. In fact, every bite that you're taking is a, he's calculating, okay, I hope I get the, the cost out of him. I hope I get the return from my investment of this meal. And he's calculating the pennies, how much it cost him. And I, I want this much out of him. That's selfishness. That's selfishness. So let's go a little deeper into this selfish heart. Let's go back to the Old Testament. In Leviticus chapter 19, you don't have to turn there. There's a description of selflessness and love for your neighbor that is seen in the law. And by law, if you had a garden, you have a a square garden, you were to leave the corners of those gardens untouched. You were to not reap all of your, your, your corn or your wheat. You're to leave some of those. You're to leave the corners. You're maybe even leave some rows and, and leave those things for the poor. That's the idea. It, is you've got plenty and allow the poor to come along and glean from, from you. Okay? Now that's a wonderful idea. And they, that was built into the law that they would share. But then in Deuteronomy chapter 15, we see a picture of, of this same thing. In the sabbatical year, every every seventh year, the uh, there was a a year of freedom and forgiveness. Slaves, if you owned a slave, that slave was to be freed. If if someone owed you a debt, um, that debt was to be covered or, or forgiven. And so, what would happen is, uh, and, and Moses anticipated this, so he he prepared the heart. He, he thought about the heart, the condition of the heart. And he says this in verse chapter 15 and verse 9. Beware that there is no base thought in your heart. Now that's the key. This base thought, this idea that, that um, this it, actually it's a selfish motive and it's in the heart. On the seventh year, the year of remission is near and your heart is hostile toward the, your poor brother and you give him nothing, then he may cry to the Lord against you and it will be sin in your part. Now, see, here's the idea. Your brother comes to you and say, hey, can I borrow some money? And you you calculating, you're thinking through, oh, next year is the Sabbath year. And if he doesn't pay that back, then I have to release him from that debt. And you say, no way, buddy, I'm not going to lend to you. That's the idea. It's a defect in the heart, this base thought in the heart, this selfishness. No, I'm not going to. And and he and here's and, and this man then goes and cries unto the Lord, and it's going to be sin in you, in your heart. That's a heart issue. This is something between you and God. Selfishness that's the way it always is. It's between you and God, and and it's a heart thing there. But look at verse ten. You shall you shall graciously give to him, and your heart shall not be grieved when he comes to you. Because this thing that the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in your undertaking, all your undertaking. This is an opportunity for you from the Lord. The Lord has given you this precious and, and wonderful opportunity to show graciousness to your brother. And that's the way it should be, this gracious act. It should be generosity. And it should be trusting the Lord. But look in verse 11. 
because he goes on. Because he explains this a little bit. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. For the poor will never cease to be in the land. Now think about that. That's a profound little statement there. Christ quoted it in the New Testament. But here's the idea. Israel, Israel was to be a glorious nation. They're to be the light of the world. They're to be this city set on the hill. They have answers from God, revelation from God. And they are going to do everything right. And even in their glory days, even in their best times, Israel is still going to have poor, designed by the Lord. That's amazing to me. We've got a whole lot of people out there that are trying to alleviate poverty all over the world or trying to eradicate poverty. And God says, that's never going to happen. You're always going to have poor. You're always going to have opportunity there. And it's to be seen as an opportunity to be gracious and to uh, to trust in the Lord and allow the Lord to bless you. Then you're not to hold back from your brother because of this jubilee thing, this year of jubilee and having to forgive. That's that one little heart defect and it is selfishness. Selfishness. We'll never eradicate poverty. But we are to, we're to try. We're to bring those who are with us, just bring them along. The needs that you see, you are to, you're to meet those needs and you're to, to bring those needs and to meet those needs and bring those people along. Now, we're beginning to see the heart defect here. And we need to know what to look for. It comes down to just a, really a few things. You only see, and here's, there's three things that we notice in this passage, actually. It's a condition of the heart. You see things only from a, a physical perspective, a material perspective. This man, he's not going to give to his brother because he's thinking, no, um, the year of Jubilee is coming and I, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to take that chance that he's not going to pay me back. And, and so I'm not going to... He's only seeing things from a physical standpoint, from a materialistic standpoint. And you can begin to see that his treasure is laid up here on this earth. It's not in heaven. He's got the wrong perspective of life. It's just material. And that is greed. Number two... Number two, another fault, another thing, the condition of this sinful heart is that there's no faith in God. He's not trusting in God. He's not giving God an opportunity to bless him out of his, out of his need. And, and he's giving to his brother and the Lord is going to bless him for that. And in all of his work, he's neglecting faith in God. It's a neglect, neglect of faith. He's not trusting in God. He's trusting in himself to do that. That's the heart of selfishness. Number three, he's calculating. He's calculating here. He's manipulating things for money. Now, those are the three conditions, really, conditions of, of selfishness. The way the heart is. Just looking things from a physical standpoint. No faith in life. Not an internal perspective. Just a materialistic perspective. And then you begin to calculate. How can I make money from this? How can I take this? How can I, uh, how can I gain from this? Now, that is so dangerous. In that passage, it calls it a base thought, a wicked thought, an evil thought. Let's apply this. There's three ways that scripture applies this in scripture. And I, I love this. In, in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 8, we, we looked at this verse uh, a few weeks ago several weeks ago now, but it says this, and this is just by way of application. 
Verse 7, two things that I ask from you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deceit and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion that I may not that I may be full, may not be full, and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or that I may not be in want and steal and profane the name of the Lord. We just want to be dependent on the Lord. Lord, don't make me super rich. I don't want that. Because I, I may not be dependent on you anymore. And don't make me super poor because then I'm, I'm going to be in want and I may do things that compromise your name. And, and that's a problem. That's a problem. That should be our prayer. Lord, You govern my heart. Allow me to be faithful, trusting You, not myself. It's a spiritual condition. Now, Christ prayed this same prayer. If you remember back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 11, He taught us to pray. When you pray, He says, Give us this day our daily bread. We're praying to God. God is the one who provides our needs. Give us this day our daily bread. Folks, we live a life trusting in God. Even when we have plenty, we are to be trusting in God. And then number three, another verse that you need to remember, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. We need to remember this, is that we are, God loves a cheerful giver. We are to be a cheerful giver. We should see the opportunity of giving as an, an opportunity from the Lord an opportunity to exercise faith in Him and to, to just simply trust Him and, and not calculate and see things from just the materialistic standpoint. So you see this illustration. It's an illustration of defective heart. This guy is a hypocrite. He, he is one who is, he is offering food and, and offering generosity, but, but really his heart is calculating every bite that you take. Let's look at the result in verse 8. He says then, and this is kind of a shocking result. He says, you will vomit up the morsel that you have eaten. You don't, don't expect to see that. It's a euphemism. It's just, he's just uh, saying that it's a visceral reaction of the, you begin to realize that you've been used, that you've been had, and there's a sickening feeling within you and a regret there. I should have never sat down to eat with that guy. You begin to realize that this is a, I'm the victim here. He says, you've wasted your compliments. You've wasted your compliments. You've been pulled into this man's scheme and he's gotten what he wants out of you. There's no recourse on him. It's just he's gotten what he has, but now you have regret. You have regret. You begin to realize you've been played. Now listen, the believer doesn't even think like this, does he? This is from the perspective of a, of a selfish man. He just gaining to gain. He's wanting to keep what he's got or to gain even more. The believer has a different value system. The believer sees a meal and, and an opportunity to sit down with a good friend and, and to build a closer, solid relationship. And spend time with the other person. And then genuine compliments at the end. Thank you. A sincere thank you. And sincere compliments. And building the friendship that will last. Those are things that are going to be more important than this physical money that we have here on this earth. That's the perspective to have. When you see it from that perspective, this guy was just used. 
He was selfish man. His, re, his heart was revealed that this man has a heart defect and he's not trusting God. He's just gaining everything he can get. And well, Folks, we live in a world with that, those kinds of people. And you know that. You've been burned. You've been used by people. There, there's been times when you, you've uh, stepped back and you just regret, why did I even say that? Why did I even accept that? Why did I even go down that road? And many times we, we trace it back to our own just sinful, greedy heart from ourselves. So let's just apply this quickly. There's a couple of applications. Be aware of selfishness. Be aware of selfishness in your own heart. And do the, the regular heart exam. Check, am I trusting God? Or, or do I see everything from a physical perspective that I have to get it? I have to be the one. No, folks, every, every morsel that you eat is a gift from God. And we need to keep reminding ourselves of that. And then number two, what's the cure? What's the cure of this? It's just trusting God. It's a spiritual perspective. It's, it's depending and, and having the right view of God, having a, a grandiose view of God and understanding God in, in all of His goodness and all of His graciousness that He lends to us the very air that we breathe and how gracious He is to us and how powerful He is to provide for us. We have a true perspective on God and then we can trust in His sovereignty. We can rest in Him. Selfishness does not reflect the heart of the child of God whose heart is bent towards selflessness. And the question then is, are you trusting God? Are you trusting Christ? Are you giving? Are you bringing other people along with you as you, as you go through life? And are you looking at the needs and the, the interest of other people as you go along? God has designed this earth to be shared. He has designed you to, to have specific abilities and giftedness and, and he's, He wants that ability to be shared. There's a, a quote from Samuel Rutherford that I, I like. He says this, My faith has no bed to sleep on other than omnipotence. God's omnipotence. We are trusting God for our every breath, for our every meal. And folks, we need to remember that. We need to remember that. And then we just need to sacrifice for other people. We need to be willing to sacrifice. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I thank you for your grace. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us in feeding us every day and for being so generous with us that, that we have more than we need and you so lavishly heap upon us. Lord, may we be faithful to be found as good stewards to use what you've given us to your glory and for your kingdom, Lord, may we never have that selfish heart, that heart defect that is just looking out for number one. No trust in you, manipulating, calculating. Lord, may we never be that way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.